to zero down from the economics department of Miranda House. Today, we're talking about the economics of free public transport systems. I was recently wondering that how the public transport in Delhi, especially the metros, have made our lives so convenient. The public transport plays an important role in the functioning of any city. But the question that troubles a lot of economists, development thinkers and public policy makers is whether public transport should be free of cost for the masses. Before we answer the question, we need to know how public transport is funded in the first place. It may be funded partly by collecting fares through passengers and partly by national, regional or local governments through taxation or it may be privately funded by businesses. The next question that we must ask is whether a full cost recovery rate is even possible or feasible. That is, is it possible for a public transport system to be funded by fares in its entirety? Listeners, you'd be surprised to know that no public transport system is funded in its entirety by fares from the passengers. Most public transport systems in the world are subsidized either by the government or with the help of other revenue, such as from advertising. Keeping in mind the non-feasibility of full-cost recovery, many ask, why not make public transport free for all? At least 97 cities around the world operate fully free public transit systems, the largest being Tallinn, the capital city of Estonia. Luxembourg became the first country which made an announcement for free public transit for the whole country in February 2020. London has a high farebox recovery rate, meaning it was able to cover a large proportion of its operating costs through fares, but was forced to look for alternatives and more innovative sources of funding since high fares discouraged use of public transport in the city. Sometimes, fares are suspended at particular times. Like some Chinese cities experimented with free transit in the early morning and evenings in an effort to tackle rush hour congestion. Or, specific days might be designated fare-free in an effort to boost public transit use or to generate environmental awareness. Interestingly, in the Romanian city of Klajnaboka, public transit was free for a period of time if you read a book during your transit. In some countries and cities, public transport is free for certain sections of the society, like minors, women, and so on. And like most of you must be aware that in 2019, the Delhi government also announced free bus and metro facilities for women, although they were not fully implemented. Why do economists argue in favour of free public transport? Cities abolish transit fares for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it's motivated by public health concerns, Car pollution takes an often underrated toll on public health, and studies are clear on the improved health outcomes that result when car usage is reduced. Other times, it's in response to traffic congestion problems, untenable rush hour traffic, or public anger at heavy traffic in particular parts of the city. For several jurisdictions, this policy has actually not proven expensive at all in the long run, and has even generated savings. Fair collection and enforcement requires a significant cost in technology, infrastructure, staffing and legal work. And simply eliminating all that can be a very prudent fiscal decision, especially when one factors in the inevitable boost to a jurisdiction's GDP, employment rate and economic activity when residents are able to get around town more easily to work, access services and spend money. For an example, we pay for public parks because they increase property values and the quality of life, enough to be worth the money that we spend on them. We pay for roads and bridges 
because the ability to transport people and goods around quickly generates economic growth and is objectively valuable to the people who use them similarly according to scholars like daniel chatman of uc berkeley public transit not only provides similar benefits to society but those benefits are also measurable in fiscal terms chatman claims that public transportation and expansion leads to agglomeration which is basically the increase in density of people who are working and living in a given area agglomeration is a key component of economic growth in an area both because there are more people to take and create jobs and because the corresponding increase in the creative collisions leads to further innovation the point that we're trying to make here is that the more people that you can comfortably pack into a given area the more economic growth that the area will experience a very famous book free public transit and why we don't pay to ride elevators talks about how elevators don't cost money because we want people to get up and down in the inside of buildings in the absence of which there would be no point of having multi-story buildings the book argues that the same logic should apply to horizontal and not just vertical movement across cities moreover free public transport creates an easy access to mobility for people who couldn't afford it earlier thus leading to greater social equality some of the contributions to free public transit also explore fair resistance movements and the creative tactics that they've adopted in different cities like stockholm montreal and toronto these have ranged from adopting measures like encouraging people to swipe transit passes for strangers or even actively encouraging fair dodging social justice advocacy groups such as the swedish network planka.nu see zero fare public transport as an effort in the redistribution of wealth planka.nu is a network of organizations which promotes tax finance zero fare public transport and was formed in response to the increasingly expensive ticket prices in the public transport system in stockholm it encourages people to fare dodge in public transport by helping them in paying the penalty which they may face in case they are caught through an insurance fund free public transport creates the perception of a no cost service just as car drivers commonly perceive no cost to deciding to take their car somewhere the catch of the car based system is that the car trip is not in fact free but it is generally perceived as such similarly this perception of freeness is important for public transport which is far more environmentally and resource efficient than own car travel which means that full access to the transport need not to be altogether free for its users but from a financial perspective it should be front loaded and affordable the invariable fact of delivering any public service is that the money to do so must come from somewhere but the perception of it being free must exist by making the user enter into some kind of contract with his or her own city for example a monthly or annual transit pass that opens up the public system to unlimited use for those who pay for it now how they pay and how much will be part of the overall political or economic package or the contract of their community most cities in france offer such passes called carte orange the remainder of the funds needed to pay for these services comes from other sources like employers local governments and so on but you must be wondering of course nothing is free everything comes with an associated resource cost you must have heard people say there is no free meal so naturally we must ask who should pay for free public transit 
There are a variety of responses to this question too, and a range of different strategies have been deployed to generate the revenue necessary to run the transit systems. Generally, these involve taxation of some kind, either funding the transit system from a city's general revenue or from targeted taxes on businesses and landowners that benefit from the enhanced land value and economic activity because of free public transit. Sometimes additional taxes are imposed on businesses above a certain size or tourists in recognition of the fact that tourists might be availing of the services which tax-paying residents fund on an ongoing basis. Some thinkers also believe that financing of public transportation should fall on employers rather than the private citizens, since transportation to and from work can be considered as a necessary part of the workday. In spite of its advantages, some policymakers argue against free public transport, since they believe it leads to an increase in vandalism, increased costs for security and vehicle maintenance, a decline in the quality of service, an increase in driver complaints, staff turnover and declines in schedule adherence. The lower quality of services in free public transport compels passengers who can afford to travel through other alternative transport to shift to using cars and other private vehicles. Moreover, in large transit systems, it results in significant revenue shortfalls and the inability to cover maintenance and upgrades unless additional funding is provided. Those who argue against free public transit also believe that what primarily deters people from using public transport is not its cost, but it is more like factors like flexibility, convenience, and door-to-door travel types. So if the objective is to maximize public transport patronage, eliminating fares on its own is actually a rather ineffective strategy. The evidence suggests that offering free public transport causes headaches for local authorities and it may not be an effective way of getting commuters to stop driving cars. Tallinn, the capital of Estonia, serves as the biggest case on point. The city introduced free public transit for residents in 2013. A study from the Royal Institute of Technology in Sweden found that Tallinn's free fare transit, which applies to buses, trams and trolleys, didn't really bring new riders in the numbers that city officials had expected. And a 2014 survey showed that most of the people who switched to public transport had previously walked or cycled rather than driven. The researchers found that dropping fares only accounted for a 1.2% increase in the demand for the service. Many also believe that efforts to fight climate change through reduced car usage should be complemented by steps like rerouting roads, designating certain roads and lanes as bus only, moving parking spaces out of areas where car use is to be discouraged or hiking parking fees, and expanding transit routes so as to ensure they are able to meet the needs of the city's wide plurality of residents. Most policymakers also believe that it is essential to have some fear in place to promote accountability and responsibility. Instituting a no-fare policy may not be possible in every city. In fact, it may present unique challenges in every city and its environmental benefits may be limited. But free public transport targeted to certain groups or for all undoubtedly improves welfare and mobility in the city. In conclusion, whether a city adopts free public transit eventually depends on whether the larger picture it aims for is social welfare or profit maximization.